Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi, we're back. It's Ayers on the Road. We are broadcasting or podcasting today from beautiful Bear Lake on the border of Idaho and Utah. And the reason we're here is family reunion. You could probably guess that. We've been alluding to it for the last couple of weeks. But now, last night, all 51, well, actually 49, we're missing two kids in China, um, (laughs) are here. It was really a lot of fun to see everybody, but it is a wild, chaotic deal here. We're missing two in China. We lost them in China. Yeah, they lost. We we hope we get them back. But I'd like to just start off the show by asking you, listeners, and you too, Linda, and myself as well, when, let's play word association. When I say family reunion, what comes to mind? Well, to me, it's joy and happiness and so many fun times and reuniting with people that we haven't seen for a long time in some cases. But and for others... To me, to me <laughs> what comes to mind, I have to be honest, chaos, confusion, um, trying to get to everyone and not have anyone feel left out and make sure everyone's feeling good and get everyone fed and... <laughs> Oh, you're so worried about getting everybody fed. Yes, indeed. I've never heard that one. Um, that's a lot of food. Uh, that is really a lot of food. But they manage this year. They're bringing their own food. We've tried to get it here for them because they live in Switzerland and England and Hawaii and New York City and all over creation. And we uh, have. I've been trying to get the food here. And this year they all said, look, we can do it. We can do it. So they are doing it. It was not easy, but they did it. Seriously, though, Linda, I think, you know, to try to be really candid, I think family reunions are a blessing and a curse, or at least a lot of people feel that way about them. A lot of people worry, well, first of all, there's a lot of logistical difficulties in getting everyone together. And secondly, sometimes family reunions bring out problems you almost wish you didn't know about. That's not the right way to say it, but they can be kind of an up and down thing, but at their best, at their best, family reunions can be this wonderful, almost celestial kind of thing where you're with the people that you love most in the world and that are the most important people to you in the world. And you're usually in a setting that is somewhat removed from regular life, which allows a kind of communication and a kind of interaction and a kind of renewing. I mean, think of the word reunion. It's our union. It's the union of our family and we're redoing it. We're reunioning. And so at its best, these family reunions can be really fantastic. Now, there's a million different ways to do a family reunion. We're going to tell you a little today about ours, but we don't want to have you feel like we're presenting this as some kind of an ideal model or something everyone should try to emulate because we've made a kind of a study of family reunions over the last few years, and boy, there are a lot of different ways to skin a cat. There are, and actually we 
realize that reunions are just too hard for a lot of people because there are some bad feelings among people that is sad, but <clears throat> something that needs to be worked on for all of us. And I saw something somewhere that said family reunions are a big, beautiful tree full of all kinds of fruit, and there's always a few nuts. And, uh, <laughs> and a few lemons. <laughs> a few lemons. And I think that um, that is really hard to struggle with because I had somebody write to me and say, you know, our family just doesn't talk very well together. We kind of disagree on a lot of things and so on. And I suggested that they just choose a book that is interesting and fascinating, that has no political overtones or anything, just just a really good book that you think everybody would like and then meet for dinner one night and talk about it. You know, it doesn't have to be a big, huge deal reunion. We have gotten ourselves into something that is really, I know, unique and unusual and we don't expect that there are too many people that can do this, but it really is important to get your family together no matter how you do it. Well, and you start off with the difference in family sizes. I mean, we have some friends that have one child and that particular child has two children. So when they have their family reunion, they have five people. And that's great. And in a way, their reunion is very simple because they can plan for a small number and they can get it organized and carry it out almost as they planned it. And that ranges from that up to something like ours. That We actually live in this Utah-Idaho corridor where probably there are some of the most unique family reunions in the world. We know of families larger than ours. We have, as Linda mentioned, 51 family members now, counting all the grandkids and all the spouses and so on. And one that's married. Now that's going to start to expand. Yeah, the, the next generation's coming. President Nelson, the president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, if he has a family reunion, he and his wife Wendy, they're into the 250 range as far as family members. Of course, it's taken them a long time to get there. So they range all across the map in terms of the size of family, including how long they try to get. We know families that get together for a whole week every year. We know others that have, like you say, Linda, just one really nice dinner, and that's their gathering for the year. A lot of families we know meet every two years. Some do very elaborate things. Some go on cruises. Some go to islands in the Pacific. And some go camping. Some go camping. Just up in the mountains, uh, make it easy or hard. Some spend a fortune. Some spend nothing, basically. But it's just the idea of getting together. So what I want to ask is, and there are a lot of people who are thinking, should we try to do a family reunion? Should it be a regular thing? What is the purpose of it? What is the benefit of it? And so on. I'd like to just ask rhetorically for everyone to think about today, and we'll have a couple comments on it. What is the purpose? What is the goal or the purpose of having a family reunion? What is not just the obvious, but are there some some other purposes that we don't think about often enough. Why have, it's a lot of trouble, it's often a lot of expense, why do it? What's the main reason? Well, I think the answer is obvious, you know, to get back together, to connect, to feel like you know each other. I actually have had a wonderful time this week because just before the reunion I do some Grammy camps and I do, especially with the little kids, it's getting so there's so many teenagers that I just do a dinner with the teenagers after the reunion's over, ones I can catch. 
but it really is such a marvel to get to know those little kids like four or six at a time and it really has been a delight this week to see these children in their element and with their cousins who they don't always get a chance to be with and it has really been so fun i have never smiled so much or laughed so hard or your cheeks sore this week they are they're <laughs> so fun and so funny let's just give you it before we run out of time in the first half of this show let's be a little personal so last night we had our reunion kickoff here at the lake and and our son Jonah and his wife Asia who actually live in Maui have five children are in charge this year and it happens to be the year of our 50th anniversary but we didn't know what their theme was going to be we turn it over to we don't turn it over they they pass it on a different one of our kids in order is in charge each year and this year it's Jonah and Asia so last night they had their kickoff and the theme of the reunion is 50 golden years that's the theme they chose and we had a kickoff like you would not believe there were four people dressed up in gold suits there was music blaring every song you've ever heard that starts it has gold in it from fields of gold to gold finger finger. (laughs) i have to say this daughter-in-law is a costume nut (laughs) she loves costumes somehow she found gold bodysuits that completely covered faces and everything. And they did the funniest dance. One of the kids was doing the worm and you know, they were just really rolling around. They had so much fun and, and we were dying laughing. And they introduced this theme and all the rest of us were sitting there laughing our heads up. Then down to the beach for the annual bonfire where they had each person choose their favorite song from a different year. So starting in 1969, the year of our wedding, and then they'd play the song from 1970 and 71 and 72 songs that came out in those years. Each person sent in their favorite song from their favorite year. And the person who had submitted it for that year would wait a couple of beats and then stand up and start dancing at the campfire. And people, before they would do that, people would see if they could guess whose song it was. That's now on Spotify. It's become a playlist. It was sent out last night. We're all listening to all that music that was there. And let me just give well, you an idea of today. Go ahead, honey. Wait a minute. You should. You forgot to say that the reason, the theme this year is the golden... 50 golden years of our realm. Yeah. But um, they combined golden in every possible way they could think of, including a hula hoop painted gold. And uh, it really was fun. And now just let me give you an idea of today when we finish this show the next item is portrait painting and i think they're going to have us sit for portraits and all the kids are going to draw us i think you need to comb your hair <laughs> better do my hair before we go down <laughs> sticking straight up then we got some lake time um where we're going to do some water skiing and some sailing then we've got this thing called the fear factor <laughs> oh man I don't this know has what become that's a tradition be. it's like you know one of our sons spent two years in Japan and he has a lot of weird food and they have various rounds and see who can stay in long enough eating things like um, slugs and quail eggs and <laughs> all kinds of strange stuff it's a little nuts and then but the kids do love it they don't have to do it and some choose not to but you know one year our pickiest eater won so there you go it's possible to make kids eat food and then we've got something one. called the shave party are people going to shave someone's beard i'm not sure I don't know. Exactly there's a lot what of beards this year 
and then there's um, um, some kind of a relay race, and then there's the IRLM Olympics tomorrow, there's the talent show tomorrow, there's a tennis tournament going on, there's a, on Sunday there's a church meeting and a testimony meeting, there is a Jeopardy called 50 Years Jeopardy Game, where I guess they've got some questions they're going to ask. And it just goes on and on. Well, and until after four Monday. days, we will be exhausted. <laughs> four days of craziness. Now, then we'll just, some of us, stay up here and try to catch our breaths and relax before we have to vacate before the premises. Before we have to vacate the premises for <laughs> renters, we think it's silly just to use this thing for three weeks in summer so we rent it when we're not here anyway, yeah and that's that, well that's actually that is an interesting point is that we rent it out and other families come and have there because we've got a complex here of three different houses that are all together and we other families come in and have their family reunions and we learn from them we, you know we say wow that's a great activity and and, and I mean, it's just become to us this crazy thing of watching other families hold reunions and having ours and so on. But after a little break, instead of talking about our reunion, we're going to talk about what could be accomplished. What could the goals be for your family reunion? So hang on, we'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. Today we're talking about family reunions because we are in the midst right now. In fact, we're going to be late for our portrait. Yeah. <laughs> our portraiture. How are they going to paint our portrait without us being there? So, Linda, what are the goals of a family reunion? Now, the obvious ones, get together, renew old acquaintance, get caught up on what people are doing, so on and so forth. I'd like to throw out another objective and then maybe you'll have one and we'll kind of go back and forth on what family reunions can accomplish. I think the bonding of cousins is a tremendously important thing. I think, you know, we live in a transient world, people move around a lot, people have friends where they live, kids have their friends in school and so on, but somewhere along the line it dawns on all of us that our cousins are more than friends. They're blood. Blood is thicker than water. They're, they're connected. They are connected genetically and emotionally and in so many other ways. And when grandparents or parents can facilitate getting cousins together, it's a marvelous thing. They become powerful allies for each other. And in many cases, they can help each other get through hard times. It's like We've got a couple of examples going on right now of, of young teenage <coughs> kids and even tweens, preteens, who are struggling a little bit socially and so on, and to come together with their cousins that they've known since they were babies, it's just like instantly those old bonds come back and they start reinforcing each other and they know they're there for each other. Well, the main person right now that needs help is our little granddaughter with the syndrome. Yeah. She's going blind, and it's so hard for her. And last night it was so sweet at that campfire to see cousins jumping up and saying, Lucy, here, you can sit here. Or she was saying, who's doing that now? Who's doing that now? And 
we were telling her what was going on, but these little cousins were directing her, hanging on both arms, and because it was dark, and trying to help her through, and it was just so es sweet. Especially, there's three other cousins who are basically her age, and we're planning activities for their group. We have them divided by age in, into groups, and these other three little gals were saying, well, we, we need to do this because this is something Lucy can do and she can enjoy. And we need to not do this because that wouldn't work for Lucy and so on. And to see this empathy and this concern for each other really growing is really pretty powerful. And how would they get together otherwise? I mean, they'd see each other occasionally, but they wouldn't be together as a group without these family reunions. So. I'd say one objective you ought to think about is building and maintaining the relationship between cousins. What's another objective that comes to mind for you? Well, of course, there's the grandmother-grandchild connection, and then there's the grandfather-grandchild connection, and you have a wonderful way of connecting with the grandchildren. Well, it's not as good as yours. Linda does these Grammy camps, and these kids just look forward to it. And well, it's three hours this year. Well, <laughs> but no, no don't undersell hours. it, Linda, because you, Linda focuses on, she wants her grandkids to know the things she loves. So they talk about art, they talk about music, they talk about ancestors and genealogy and the stories of these ancestors and I I do have to say I have to interject that uh, they don't just go oh yay we're gonna talk about music and art no I actually offer money uh, <laughs> there's I, a little you know, bribery there's involved. a little bribery there and uh, we have these fun little tests about who's learned what and they are so excited I, I came in I heard part of it the other day and here's these little five-year-olds picking out which painting is by Monet and which one's by Renoir and which one's by Gagan? So raw we did impressionists this year. And starry, it was starry so night. Fun. Well, it was their favorite, I think. They, they had like Vincent Van Gogh. And These even, are little kids. Linda's getting through to them. Well, even the ones who can't write, they would whisper to me what it was, and it was just delightful to see them go for it. And what I told them last night, we had a keynote, and I said, look. What I'm all about for you grandkids is SDS. I want you to know our stories. I want you to know that when you have dreams, we're there to help you with your dreams. Our question to you as grandparents is, what is your dream? And let's talk about how we can help you make it come true. We may be able to help you with money. We may be able to help you with contacts of people that can do the things you need for you. We may be able to give you advice, but dreams, so stories of your ancestors and of us, dreams that we can help you with, and secrets. We've got these 10 grandfather's secrets that are pretty simple. I'll give you one example. Number four is popularity, and it goes like this. Good popularity comes from being nice to everyone, and it lasts. Bad popularity comes from only being nice to certain people, and it doesn't. And there, there is little sayings like that, and the kids memorize them, and we talk about what they mean. And Have you had any examples of this? Did this happen to you? What could happen where you could apply this secret? It's amazing how good they are, how creative they, they are. They are amazing, but I have to interject here that we have checked with the parents here. It is a fine line yes, not right, to overstep right. their bounds because... They're um, on board. They are on board with it. And it is so fun, though, to see these kids sending in little examples of, 
you know, I saw a kid at lunch and I realized that she needed somebody to sit by and so on. I remembered a good popularity comes from being nice to everyone, so I went over and talked to her. I mean, you, you grandparents can have an enormous effect on your grandkids because they'll listen to you in a way that they sometimes won't listen to their parents. So I agree, Linda. So let's review. Besides the general objective is getting together and having a good time, one other objective is getting cousins to really bond. Then you said the objective of developing that relationship with the grandparents and the kids. And I would add a third objective of really becoming closer to your in-law children if you're a grandparent or if you're a married parent becoming closer to the people who married your siblings right those kind of brother and sister-in-law relationships can really flourish at a reunion and we try to break it up we get all the all the women all the moms together and we get all the dads together and we talk about how to be a better dad. We talk about how to be a better mom. Not Linda and I telling them how, but discussing what are the latest things you're worried about and what how are do you methods? deal with it. How are you what are your methods? It? Yeah. And one thing we've discovered now, you know, this is going been going on for a long time, but we've discovered just the last couple of years that we need to include the aunts and uncles. They've been coming up to Grammy Camps with me and teaching kids things that they love because we have a family that lives in Switzerland and they just don't see these kids very often and they have just one daughter and it's just hard for the kids to know who they are so they came up we had a daughter-in-law who came up and showed them how to make bread and we were going to do breaded bread but then they all came up with these wild things that they wanted to create with bread dough and it was so fun and then her husband came up with them yesterday and they learned how to make slime which was wild it was so fun and we have a single son who is not involved with the family as much as we wish because he has no children so i bring him into the government camp every time he did a wonderful thing on astronomy the other night we have a telescope here and these kids were viewing saturn and the moon and jupiter it was fabulous well that's exactly where i was going with it linda that if you get Again, it's this cross-pollinization of different relationships, getting cousins to interact, getting uncles and aunts to interact with their nieces and nephews. And sometimes that'll carry over. For example, this son in Switzerland says, hey, look, guys, we, we just have our one daughter. We've got a lot of space in our apartment. If you have a daughter or a son who you think would benefit by spending a little time away from your family and being with us, for a couple of weeks, we'd love to have them. Particularly so, a teenager. Yeah, yeah, a teenager, if there's some things well, I could teach. I mean, there's a. it's remarkable how some of these uncle and aunts can get through to their nieces and nephews on things that the parents are having a hard time with. So if you get parents helping each other with their children, and it's sort of this, I hate to use an old cliche, but it sort of takes a village to raise a child. Well. It takes an extended family sometimes to raise a child. So I'd say another objective is to sort of cement or make stronger the connections between uncles and aunts and nieces and nephews. Well, of course, you can't do that all in three and a half days. 
<laughs> but it is really, really useful to do what you can while kids are together. And, you know, they have helped us. Wouldn't have occurred to us to have those people involved, but yeah. this one single son said, you know, I just... I want to help. I, I just want to help. I want to know those I kids. I take better. my role as an uncle seriously. Yeah, exactly. Another objective is, a lot of families do this, is to discuss the best books you've read over the past year and how you've enjoyed them and recommending them to other people and so on. Yeah, podcasts, movies. It's just so fun to talk about things that they've enjoyed and experienced, and then it just creates a conversation. Late night discussions, what we often end up doing after all the kids are in bed is just talking sometimes about trivial things but sometimes pretty deep things we're we're having a discussion this reunion on ethics and what is the essence of ethics and morality and how do we apply it personally in our lives and so on now you don't want to make this too heavy or structured although again different families do it different ways we know one wonderful family their reunion is like general conference. I mean, it's like everyone's assigned a subject and they all give a talk and then they discuss it and so on. Very spiritual, very intellectual, very academic, very deep. Other families wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole. They're like, hey, we're getting together to have we're a good time. We're here to have fun, yeah. And, and they're both good. It's all good. And so I guess what we're really suggesting, just to wrap up, Linda, is not that there's any one right answer, not that there's one size fits all, not that there's sort of one way to approach this, but we're just suggesting everyone think about, I mean, don't just do it to have a family reunion. Start with the objectives. What do we want to accomplish yeah. through having our family get together? And if you have those objectives in mind, they will carry through and you'll have the kind of... Uh, reunion that you probably really would want to yeah. have. And of course, we don't want you to think that our family is not having problems. Everybody's got problems and everybody's got issues and they're little things that you think, I just can't wait to talk to them personally or to have a group talk them through hard times that they're going through. It's almost like a catalyst for the rest of the year. It may begin some things which will carry over into the rest of the year in your family. So we hope we've given you some good ideas and not just too discouraging because let us remind you this has been going on for a long time. We have worked through this and come up with some things that work for us. Final word, next week on Ours on the Road, we're going to talk about a book that was written 50 years ago called I Challenge You, I Promise You. It's even more relevant today than it was then. So we hope you'll join us. See you then.